Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Hi everyone, welcome to Creative Matters episode 10. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I'm talking to Jago Neal. Jago Neal is a mixed media artist, illustrator and photographer originally from London. He now resides in West Auckland, New Zealand. Jago has a small studio at home which also serves as a dark room. He often incorporates photography into his practice or integrates it with other methods of drawing, collage or painting. In Jago's words, I draw, paint and photograph the world as a form of expression to help make sense of it, to stay calm and to feed my imagination and my soul. The work I create and the media I use depends on my mood, my environment, my time and what I want to achieve. I try not to pigeonhole myself into a box or category as that would limit my art and my enjoyment of it. Ever since Jago was a young boy, he has had a powerful need to draw and make. His story is one of vulnerability, immigration and a wonderfully diverse practice. So grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Creative Matters on Air, Jago. How are you? I'm very well, Mandy. Nice to see you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me in your lovely home. You're very welcome. Tell us about <laughs> your childhood and where you were born. Um, all right, so um, I'm originally from London, um, and I grew up in a part of London called Hackney, uh, which is in the northeast of London. Um, I grew up in a very creative family um, with lots of other artists and my granddad was a designer um, and my uncle was a photographer so yeah lots of art around me um, we went to a lot of galleries as kids yeah and what were your mum and dad like um, yeah both very passionate about art um, and my mum went to art school um, and then when we were young, she was working, so she kind of wasn't painting for that period, really. Um, worked in a photography library, a photographic library. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd spend, you know, school holidays often there, um, which was also probably quite informative as a kid, seeing yeah. a lot of images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can see the connection, can't you, with what you're doing now, I guess. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, a lot of those things kind of embed themselves in you subconsciously, I mm. guess. But, um, my, f- my dad's, um, well, he was an English teacher for a long time. Um, so very into literature and books and we used to make a lot of books as kids. Um, even on, you know, on holidays as children, we'd kind of keep journals and, and so always encouraged to draw, um, I drew endlessly as a kid, um, and my brother also drew a lot, um, but it was kind of almost an addiction, not an addiction, but a necessity for me as a child. So my mum, obviously, and my dad, but my mum particularly, because we lived, spent more of our time with her, um, used to go and get stacks and stacks of paper from the local butchers because they used to wrap the meat up in the in the paper. Yeah. And I'd just have piles of it on the and I'd sit and just draw endlessly like um yeah. Amazing. And you felt like you were really encouraged by your parents obviously. Um yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you only see later later in life um you know when when that's been really fostered and nurtured um you know, when you're a child it's just normal and mm. I guess that I've also, you know, come to see that for other people it's not it's not necessarily normal. But, um, yeah, it's that kind of whole nature versus nurture mm. debate. You know, mm. would I have drawn as much as I did if they didn't, you know, 
encourage yeah. it or um but i f- i feel like i kind of needed to yeah yeah but just, you obviously it was in the genetics as well possibly uh yeah i think so yeah yeah mm. and um, so what sort of stuff were you drawing when you were a kid um lots of characters uh, a lot of kind of faces and um as i got older i started to draw comics and me and me and a friend actually made a, like a proper comic and sort of sold it to family and people at school and um um yeah i think for me drawing's just kind of always been my safe place that i resort to um and you know like a way of kind of understanding the world and um and and keeping calm um as i've got older i've, I've just come um to a term just learnt a term recently which is um empath i don't know um mm. but i this is new to me and um i kind of read the description of you know what what an empath is and um i i could sort of relate to a lot of the traits of you know somebody who's quite sensitive to their surroundings and quite mm. aware of other people um and sort of quite affected by other people and and other you know things around them so i think for me drawing was a bit of an escape and it it still kind of provides a like a meditative place i can go to mm. which is comfortable and yeah that's great isn't it it's such a it's such a blessing to have that yes yeah absolutely yeah. yeah i mean we'll probably talk more about you know where that's come later in life but um you know i've kind of gone back to that um particularly with like the pandemic and sort of at difficult times as mm. well so but even um you know when i've as as a sort of older kid i'd even when like the tv's on i'd just sit with sketchbooks and just sort of draw while the tv's on and mm. um yeah no it is it is a blessing um yeah so great. And uh, when you went to school, I mean, it must have been interesting having that sort of so much a part of your life and your family and then to go to secondary school, um, you know, that can be tricky for kids like that, I guess, to sort of suddenly have to fit into a certain category potentially with art. How did you find art at high school? Um, I remember really enjoying, um, we used to do sort of something called, I think it was called C- CDT. It was kind of design communication and technology or something but Mm. you know you'd make a product and you'd sort of draw the technical drawings and um i used to really enjoy that um and art obviously um and did you find that your work that you love to do sort of worked with that within that curriculum um yeah because i could draw i could draw you know realistically Mm. if i wanted to um but then I used to kind of like the teacher sort of recognised it and um, got me to do stuff for the school. Like I did, you know, a newsletter and I've got kind of all these things in the in my storeroom of things I produced at school as well. And the, and the whole thing with comics and everything. And then as I got kind of into puberty, I kind of still working things out through drawing. So I, you know, I was drawing like a lot of like, you know girls and um <laughs> naked bodies yeah like well not naked but you know sexy girls and sort of um and also quite dark i went for a little dark sort of period of drawing quite violent stuff when i was like maybe 14 15 mm. like um yeah and i think people would look at it and kind of go but he, you know like I've, he, he's so nice and quiet and sort of thing. but for me, yeah, that's like getting it all out of your system, and mm. yeah, it's part of your process. Mm. Yeah, once again, you know, having that outlet was probably great for your teenage years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, like I kind of, kids. I kind of like, you know, me and my brother were quite into sort of punk um, ethos and that sort of design, and quite kind of, and comics. We used to go to comic shops and you know collect a lot of comics and figures and. Um, yeah, I remember my brother Sam, you know, collecting all these amazing graphic novels and stuff like The Dark Knight and, you know, Frank Miller drawings and early, like, Turtles comics and just, yeah, 
so that was I mean that was probably informing my mm. my sort of drawing as well but then I mean I always I always even when I was young I sort of drew like if we were on holiday I'd draw a scene or you know so I wasn't kind of exclusively doing mm. faces and characters yeah, yeah which is kind of how your practice is now isn't it it's pretty varied with different mediums and yeah it's um, always jumped around a yeah, lot yeah which is good you know it's a great thing I think yeah you haven't sort of put yourself into a certain no and, I, and yeah and I had a you know I had a camera at a young age and um took a lot of pictures as well like mm. with film you know I grew up um a bit older than I look <laughs> and I yeah I was taking pictures of you know I remember carefully trying to take a roll of like 24 images and consider each shot very carefully because mm. it was you know like my precious film that would mm. yeah and so that probably um informed my photography as well and my kind of ability or my I don't know like yeah my ability to sort of look at things visually and form pictures you know it's almost like I see the world constantly like that like mm. you know like for a viewfinder or mm. which can be kind of yeah I mean I think um, my wife sometimes finds it frustrating that I'm kind of you know I walk around with a camera and it's like oh look at that as a picture rather than yeah but you're actually here like mm. that's you know, the moment. yeah so I have to sometimes sort of almost stop myself yeah yeah, well, having two young girls, I guess, you know, it's the balance, isn't it, of, of capturing the moment, but then also living the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, it, it it's it's interesting, like, how much of my life, how consuming that side of it can be, like, and it can almost feel quite relentless, like I've kind of described it at times as a bit of a curse as well as a blessing because um it's as i say it can be kind of hard to switch off from in a way mm. um and yeah remembering so like i've had to stop myself taking pictures or taking my camera on certain trips because <laughs> yeah i want to actually enjoy being mm. there and being with the people that, mm. that are there rather mm. than ignoring them and kind of like trailing 5Ks down the beach <laughs> behind the rest of them. I think that's pretty common though, isn't it, for a lot of artists who just um, sort of get caught up in what they're noticing and how you, they're responding to things around them and yeah. they want to record it in some way. Yeah, it can be obsessive, it yeah, and that be, need yeah. to record, I think. Um, and why do you think you're so obsessive about it? Where's that come from? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know, really. I just, it's like you want to capture it and you want to, kind of share how you see things with other people i guess um i don't know yeah interesting <laughs> yeah and so after after high school you did art all the way through i presume and, and went on to study is that right? yeah i did a um i did a foundation course which was um i think a year or two years before my degree um i actually took a bit of time out after the foundation, before my degree, and did some traveling. And I did my degree a little bit later than some people, which I think was really good. Like, mm. I, w I worked as well to save up and go traveling. Yeah. And I did a round-the-world trip in that gap. Um, and around the same time as being at uni, and so that kind of fed into... I think I was just, like, a few years above my peers at above my older than my peers at university and mm. um i was probably quite patronizingly kind of <laughs> i don't know like they <laughs> they were just still into i mean a lot of them had just moved to london yeah whereas i, I was from london so i kind of i don't know it was mm. a bit different but i yeah i didn't i didn't feel that i got a huge amount out of art school um, I was quite, I was generally quite kind of pissed off about a lot of things at that time in my life. Um, politically, I kind of um, was quite caught up on a lot of things that were going on in the world and feeling a bit kind of bitter about stuff. And a lot of my art was directed at that at that time. And I felt like the tutors didn't really kind of get it. And um, so that frustrated me mm. further, I think. Yeah. 
I did wonder about that with you, if, if because it was so sort of ingrained in you, mm. and you were sort of expressing yourself so much, or what you were thinking at the time, or what you were connecting to around the world. You know, if it would have been hard to be, um, you know, working in an institution environment, institutional environment mm. that could have been restrictive. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people there kind of seem to have come there just to sort of learn software at the time it was quite um you know transformative time in terms of design so my degree was in like this art and design um and i maybe regret not just focusing on illustration or you know sort of one thing but yeah um but yeah some people were just learning like new programs and things and they they were quite um kind of career focused and like i'm going to come for a uni and and go into an ad agency or mm. and that that didn't really interest me and i i didn't really know I, and i still i kind of yeah spent my whole time thinking after spending my you know whole sort of childhood assuming that i would be some kind of artist or use my you know my i don't know skills or whatever yeah. technique for for my job then i sort of didn't know what to do with it once i'd gone through art school because mm. i knew that i didn't really just want to sell stuff um and so perhaps i should have done fine art but then um but actually now i'm quite relieved in a way that um it's not my primary it's not my job as such to i don't get paid to make art you know um because then i i get to do what i want so yeah yeah you know yeah. so it's quite interesting in a way yeah, it's a tricky balance. Mm. So you you've never actually done art full time. It's been more of a sort of on the side. Yeah. Um yeah. but you do sell your work at times through galleries and that kind of thing. I do I do sell my work, um, but it's never been all the primary focus and it's never re- I've never really had to, you know, I've always worked. Mm. Um so yeah, I think I think that's it's kind of an interesting debate mm. because um, you know, I think if if I was being paid and commissioned to do, say, illustration or something like that, I'm working to a time frame or, you know, I'd feel constrained by that. Um, whereas now I kind of, you know, I still jump around a lot and um, you, you, you've you noticed in the projects and the things that I do, I kind of still use a lot of different media in my work and mm. kind of like one year I'll focus on a photography project and and then the next year i might go back into my drawing or my painting or you know mm. um and i think that if you if you're going to be a professional artist then you you almost have to define yourself more so that your people know what you're about or you know have a have a quite a distinctive style mm. or you know one thing that you do to be it's quite a, it, successful yeah. It's, yeah. it's such a difficult one i think a lot of artists struggle with that idea you know I mean, myself, I find that sort of empowering, that the fact that I'm self-taught sort of takes away any of that pressure I feel to be in showing in galleries and I can just do what I feel like mm. doing. But, um, yeah, that balance between sort of showing at galleries and having a certain type of work that people expect and having the freedom to do whatever you feel like doing and respond to whatever you feel like responding to, I guess, mm. is tricky, isn't it? I think, I mean, a lot of, artists are quite shrewd and do do both you know and you can you can find a way to do commercial work which you know will sell and then also you know that supports your own practice and yeah. the things that you want to do um so yeah there's different ways mm. around it but it can be done can't yeah it? yeah mm. so um after university where did you head yeah so then i um spent most of my 20s really uh in in london partying <laughs> and <laughs> yes, having a good time um and then i'd I'd work uh, do different jobs save up go traveling and so i did a lot of traveling and um yeah just doing bar work or anything that would but i actually wasn't making a lot of art in that time in that period and i think that was one of the things that was kind of gradually wearing me down was the fact that i didn't i didn't give myself enough time you know, for my practice or, mm. and I couldn't really see where I was going with it 
um, I still drew, but yeah, that was probably the the period where I did the least. You know, we we like I say, we were just having a great time going out, and I don't regret. You know, I don't regret it. I think I've kind of always known that I can go back to my work. Mm. You know, whenever I, as you say, that you know, that's kind of a comfort and a. Mm. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that when we were growing up, you know, my mum worked the whole time we were kids and stuff and she went to art school and she kind of put it put it on the back burner until we'd left home and you know then and now she just paints endlessly you know that's all she does and um so i don't know i i think that you can do that if you're confident enough that it's always there um and Mm -hmm. that the same similar thing happened when i had my children and i i still did make work but not not like I am at the moment, you know, it kind of mm. comes back gradually. And Yeah, but your children are how old? Six and? Nine. Nine, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's great that you're you're getting into it again, um, you know, and they haven't left home yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't I wait as long as your mum. No, I didn't, no. And Which she, is good. You know, but she was a single parent for a lot of the time. and mm, um, Would have been hard. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I think in a way, like, I can see with her sort of passion for it now, it's almost like sometimes periods where you're not doing it, you're still thinking and you're still looking and you're, you know, you're storing it all up. Yeah. And, and I mean, even, you know, I I have definitely have periods where I kind of can't work or I, I just, I don't feel like it, you know, and then, and then I come back to it and it's like dips and, you know, mm. and, um, and peaks and where I'm just, working like mad like you know in the covid thing uh, that was what i needed to do and mm. I, and i was down in my studio nearly every night so yeah so was that when your practice kind of came back to life or had it already been um, happening i i feel like i i mean i've got i've always had a little studio at home but i just before that i kind of did it up and made it a really like a ni- nicer working space and um and I feel like during COVID, like I started doing these portraits and um, yeah, I mean, one of them was a view <laughs> and it was focused on um, different people from different sections of the community that, you know, were somehow I could relate to the pandemic personally or on a sort of bigger, bigger picture. But um, I just really enjoyed making the work and it was almost like going back to maybe like now, you know, looking at it and going back to sort of drawing people and, um, and I just, I don't know. I just, yeah, it did feel like a bit of a kind of defining moment. Cause from that I've, you know, the new series I'm working on now is also of people and, um, yeah, I don't know. It was something very comfortable about it and like the kind of, the scale of them and the media I started to like, you know, sort of using watercolor and um, drawing really. And then, yeah, it was interesting mm. time. Mm. Um, but mentally as well, I just, like I said, needed it for my mental health as much as anything. And yeah. it, it really felt like, like a necessity mm. then. So, And you were using the time once the girls were in bed kind of thing? Or just heading off to the studio as often as you could. During yeah, the day. well, my wife was still working because she's a nurse, so um, you know I'd be with the kids, with the girls in the day, and um, and then by the time she got home, I was kind of right. I'm off down to my studio, mm. and, and she respected that, and you know saw that I needed that then. Mm. And um, honestly, I think that's what kind of kept me sane. And I and I produced like nine paintings in the first lockdown, sort of thing, which. Mm. Um, yeah, and I got I got some nice reaction to those when I when we came through it, and I've displayed them a couple of times, and people have you know I've, I've had like a lady in tears in front of them, and I've had quite strong reactions to them. Mm. So um, I felt that you know you kind of know when you're doing work, which I don't know, it feels more significant mm. to you, or yeah, yeah, and resonates. With yeah, as well, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that is important. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I think I 
you know, a lot you kind of pretend that it doesn't, but actually when, when people get what you're doing, it is, it is important. Yeah. Not, and, you know, it's been such a struggle for so many people going through that COVID pandemic. Yeah. You know, maybe you're helping other people to process stuff as well, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of them were kind of quite personal. Like I wrote um, letters to accompany each of the paintings, which was almost like, you know, me writing, getting something off my mm. chest. And, um, for example, like, you know, I did a painting with my friend Gareth and his daughter and we were supposed to be back in the UK seeing them and having a holiday with them and, and at that time and obviously I couldn't go back to England and, you know, I wrote one to my brother and did a picture of him and um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm, they're probably the work that I'm more proud of than, you know, some of the other stuff I've done. Mm. Yeah. That's great. So um, in a nutshell, we're kind of leaping ahead here. So actually, let's just go back to um, when you emigrated to New Zealand. So you you were traveling. I might have, might be a bit out of order here, but you were out of chronological order, that mm. is. <laughs> um, you were in London and traveling a bit, and then you chose to come to New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time traveling. Um, I'd been to New Zealand um, on those travels so the first the first trip that I did with Cassie when we were um, about 19 we went around the world and wow. came here for the first time and I was just blown away you know by New Zealand particularly um, and her parents weren't here then but um, so then later you know in, our, in my late 20s we we kind of I'd been in in Brazil with friends for couple of months and she was separately she was here with her parents who had by then moved here mm. and I just remember kind of lying on a beach in Brazil and and thinking about going home to London and um I just had this kind of moment of you know I, I, I just didn't really want to go back to the same routine like the same thing that I'd done for the last 10 years and just I felt like I needed I needed a quite a major change and um so then we both got back and strangely you know she'd been here th having this similar sort of thoughts and when we moved it was more like let's try trial it out you know let's give it a couple of years and and it was more of an extension of the traveling like let's try living somewhere else for a few years and you know here I am 14 years later mm. of Wow, two kids a cat and a mortgage so <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah, that's big, amazing yeah i didn't realize it'd been 14 years yeah i know it's amazing how time flies yeah. yeah but it's nice that you've got um cassie's family cassie's parents yeah yeah, yeah no it's been i mean you know that was part of it it was having the support network but um and obviously being able to in terms of being able to get residency and mm. um but it was obviously like probably one of the biggest things I've done in my life and um, very painful and quite traumatic, really. But, I mean, you know, anyone that's emigrated would empathise with um, all the things that you go through and kind of years of guilt about leaving people. And, um, yeah, which I've had to deal with. And, I mean, it took me a long time to settle, really. Um, I think... Yeah, having children helps ground you um, and gradually becoming connected to a community, which is what I've started to kind of mm. build now, only yeah. now really, well, yeah. in the last sort of, in my last job, I guess, mm. yeah. Yeah, oh, it's great. We're very happy that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I mean, um, yeah, I wouldn't be if it wasn't such an incredible place to live and I mean and the people here I think I'm you know it's just brilliant culture and yeah mm. I'm still I still just catch myself like blown away by you know last week drove up to Tutukaka and that part of the coastline and sort of drove up there and you know all the colors of the trees and I was just like it's just amazing, you know, where we live. Mm. It's just, we're just so privileged. Yeah, so, and like, you know, if you're a visual person and you, like I said earlier, you kind of look at the world in that way or you're very affected by, 
the light and the you know colors and you know it's just such a sort of vivid incredible place to be yeah absolutely yeah so um when did you actually become i know that you did some teaching for a while didn't you secondary teaching was that in new zealand or yeah so that was um i I can't remember how many years we'd been here I'd, i'd been working at a paintball field for a while um so sort of got a job with cass's brother and um you know doing that and um yeah i think we'd we'd started to talk about having kids and i was like oh, i need to probably get a real job like <laughs> a proper job so yeah i started to train and I, I was like well what can i do with my degree and what can i do with my arts background and um so yeah looked into teaching and did my training here um which is a post-grad in mm-hmm. secondary arts teaching yeah. yeah and then i i mean I taught for a bit while I was looking for work in arts centres. So I did a bit of teaching at Corbin's and and Kumio actually, and then I got a job and taught for about five years in different schools. Taught um, high school photography and art. Mm. Yeah. How did you find that? Um, mixed really. I I found it exhausting. Um, I'm as a sort of quiet, relatively quiet person that kind of likes their own space. I found it very difficult to be on show in front of a classroom and, um, you know, some days not being in the right place as a, you know, having my teacher's hat on. Yeah, it's it's tough like that, isn't it? As a teacher, it's very much a performance role in some ways. It can be, yeah. I remember when I was training and um, one of my um, people that was training me um, said, you know, it's basically you have to put on an act when you come in and it's, and I kind of found that quite challenging, that concept of going to work and being somebody that you're not necessarily, um, you know, I particularly remember after the long summers and really relaxing into myself and then finding it very hard to go back to school and mm. kind of being putting yeah being this teacher person that i didn't always recognize <laughs> mr neil yeah 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 and uh, what did you love about teaching i i enjoyed a lot of the interaction with the kids um i mean i think they saw quite quickly that i really did care about the subject and you know there were kids that really appreciated that and i i set up like a little drawing club um and yeah started you know it got easier over time definitely teaching gets easier and easier Mm. and actually the point I left was probably quite comfortable in the role Um, although having young children I felt like I wasn't giving enough time at home and to them and that was really the big turn you know decision I think one school holiday I was you know had another bug and um, was quite run down um, and I just thought then, you know, I just, my life's too short. And I, this job came up at Kumu Arts. And so, yeah, a friend of mine, Julie, who was involved there on the committee and she told me about it and I, I looked at it and I thought, well, I'll go, I'll go for it and kind of go and have a, have a chat with them and see what happens. And then, yeah, they offered me a job. So mm, that's amazing. And, you know, for people who don't know you, um, you're the manager at Kumu Arts, which is a basically a community art gallery, uh, which also does workshops and um, lots of exhibitions and um, other things. Yeah, yeah, we've got two, two gallery spaces now and um, you run the school holiday programs over the last, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got painting and clay and um, hire the space to other people in the community as well. So a lot of sort of sh- social welfare groups, um, a language school. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on mm. and it's becoming quite an active little kind of creative hub. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, we were just saying earlier, I think you've done great things over the last four, four and a half years that you've been there and you've got a real... A great team behind you, and and I think you're really collecting people from the community around you as well. You know, there's there's a lot of support there, and a lot of local artists want to be involved, and and you can see the changes. It's it's looking awesome. Yeah, it's it's been really nice. Um, 
to be a part of that growth. Um, I mean, I wouldn't take all the credit for it, um, but certainly I can see that more and more people are kind of coming to us. And I mean, in that area, particularly Mirawai and, um, you know, locally there's so many talented people that we can kind of tap into that pool of, you know, artists and there's a real network already around Murai and, um, yeah, that's been great. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just really enjoy it. I just kind of feel like I'm gradually creating a role that I really want. Yeah. Which is a nice, a nice feeling. As I say, you know, to having, having not felt that comfortable in what you do every day to being very comfortable and kind of feeling like you're in the right place mm. and that you're sort of creating a good change or I don't know. Yeah. And you're having a lot of impact on the community, I think, and on artists in the community, which is great. You know, that must feel really good. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the highlight really is working with artists. Um, there's lots of things I enjoy, you know, all the classes and everything. And um, I think having been a an art teacher and b you know having it exhibited as an artist myself i'm quite um i kind of understand the needs of both the tutors that use it and also the artists that come to us and exhibit um and you know i can kind of put myself in their shoes so um yeah and and like the interaction with the artists and hanging shows and the curation is part of it i really enjoy um I've kind of been part of building the Kumu Art Awards as well, which is um, an awards ceremony that we have every year. And that's kind of helped to build our exposure and I think introduce us to new new artists. And mm. um, so, yeah, lots of kind of big well things that are just great for me to be involved in. Mm. It seems like a real natural fit for you, Jago. It seems like the place that you're meant to be at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, definitely, yeah. 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 I mean, I, it's funny how all of your kind of previous experience and paths sort of seem to end end up in the right place. And I, and I don't think, you know, all those different elements in my past have kind of led me to this. Mm. But I think also being involved in something very positive and community-based, you know, um, that you believe in is you know like mm. having valuing what you do because that's just crucial isn't it to yeah. your satisfaction yeah definitely and um do you find that i mean do you think it's a, it's the kind of job that you could have seen yourself in 10 years ago was it something you were aiming for um i didn't see it coming that's for sure um I, yeah, I guess I was, I, I've kind of mentioned earlier, I think I was a bit lost in my 20s of how to use my, I don't know, my background and my kind of, my art. Yeah, I'll, um, and it's funny because it's not a direct, like I said before, I'm not, I'm not drawing and painting as a job, but I'm still very directly involved in the arts i mean occasionally i see all this great stuff happening i'm like really jealous like i want to do that i want to do that class but i have done a few times but um but no at the same time i'm you know i I talked about keeping it separate from you know um from my own practice as well although i do exhibit in our gallery quite a lot so Mm. mm. and do you think it's um inspired you or you know elements of the job or things that you've seen through Kimi Arts has inspired your work? Um, yeah, definitely. I think just, you know, things like sort of seeing the different ways of present presenting work um, and just different, yeah, just so many approaches to it. And, um, you know, I've heard I've heard you talk to other artists about that kind of big thing about how, how you define yourself and we're very good at Kimi Arts as a kind of launch pad gallery for a lot of people that haven't ever shown work before and we kind of accommodate that sort of first step and again I think you know like I see it with almost every person I work with who's never shown work and then they kind of have this quite anxious moment about you know like is it good enough to go up on the wall and I I can understand that and um, 
Yeah, so we we have a lot of people that's the first time they've ever shown work, which mm. is really nice. And I think you're a really good person for that, you know, to support people through that process, which is, that's the gift that you have, I think. Yeah, I try and make light of it, you know, and um, yeah, it's just like, I call it the wobble that you, <laughs> that we all go through, yeah. It's a bit of a roller, it can be a bit of a roller coaster of like, hey, it's great, and then suddenly you, I, what, that, I hate that, you know, and, and it's amazing how your brain can mm-hmm. flip around. But, yep. I yeah. I think we've all experienced that in some form. Yeah. So um, it'll be good now, I guess, to get on to talking about your practice and your process. So um, I know that you have some exciting news to announce. Would you like to talk about that first? Oh, well, I've been, um, yeah, just making my own website. My Well, I used to have one a long time ago, but um, I've just built a new one and um i've been trying to get it done so i could let people know on this podcast so it's um jagoneal.com and i've i've just um yeah tried to kind of break it down into different projects um which was difficult because a lot of um the sort of processes i use crossover and you know i kind of use photography and drawing or um so that was a challenge to work out the best way to present that. but mm. I think you've done a really good job. It's very intuitive and nice to look at, you know, visually appealing and and makes sense, even though it's, it's quite tricky for you, as you say, to divide up your practice. I think you've done a good job with that. It looks good. Thank you. Yeah, well done. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for people who don't know your work, um, well, first of all, we have the blog on uh, creativematters.co.nz. Um, so you can have a look at that and see some images, and also we have the links to your website and Kumu Arts website on that blog. But um, in a nutshell, can you describe your practice? So we have the photography. So what what elements of photography? Um, one. So I, I kind of have a particular aesthetic that I like. I guess you could say, which is quite an vintage or sort of aged look um so experimental or analog kind of techniques um i don't know why i mean i do love dig- digital as well so i do have a digital section in my website which is um you know much sort of cleaner um i do a lot of detail um i kind of like to fo- yeah focus on sort of details and um close ups quite a lot in that section but with the more analog stuff, um, I use quite an experimental technique that I learned at art school um, with a with a process called liquid light or um, silver gelatine emulsion. So um, it's basically an emulsion that you apply to different. You can apply it with a brush or um, spray it onto paper, and um, so in the darkroom. Um, effectively you can kind of do this quite experimental work um, and they almost have a painterly kind of quality to them and I think the thing I'm, I really enjoy about that and I find that I come back to this a lot is that there is an element of surprise in the process so um, you know although there's also it's quite controlled um, there, there are always outcomes that you don't know that are going to happen um you know and sort of serendipitous things that occur which i love um and so that yeah that i learned at art school and then while i was at art school i when we used to live in a one of our flats in london um i set up a little darkroom in the cupboard while i was at art school and this we sort of had the washing machine in there going and i had like a tiny little corner and i'd just spend hours and hours in there and funnily enough i used to print a lot of images that i'd taken on my first trip to new zealand on my camp you know when i was 19 um and i still had all this film and i used to use those images and print a lot using this sort of liquid light technique um and they didn't really see the light of day until I emigrated here. And then I, I had my first exhibition at um, what used to be the Signal Gallery in Swanson. And um, and there was a really supportive um, manager there called Huddy at the time who 
saw them and was like, you know, what is this technique? And um, a lot of people, yeah, haven't seen it or they're quite surprised by it. And um, so I had a show a couple of years ago now at Kumu Arts of um, liquid light. So I kind of fell back into that and, um, yeah, did and did a lot of new work using the same technique that, I'd, you know, mm. I'd, I'd learned probably, well, a long time before. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and then along with that kind of experimental photography, I, I make a lot of my own cameras. Um, so I do a lot of pinhole photography and um, I've kind of made cameras out of baking trays and... Um, so that I just love that. Again, it's kind of not quite knowing what's going to come out when you print an image. Um, I'll get it back to the darkroom and, you know, often it doesn't work out or um, and you kind of have to take that on the head. And then um, but often you get these lovely kind of unforeseen things happening. Like it, it has a kind of atmospheric quality to it. Mm. Um, and I did one image of Lion Rock and you know, I've got work in the West Coast Gallery and, and people just seem to really kind of relate to it because I think it encaptures the kind of rawness and the sort of ruggedness of the West Coast and it really lends itself to New Zealand landscape, I think. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so um, so I, I love that and I, it's also quite a funny kind of, I don't know, like people look at you and you're, sort of hovering around on a rock trying to get balance this what looks like a baking dish and stay <laughs> very still for a long time without wobbling around and um yeah and so it's quite fun in a way I, I when I taught photography at high school I I made sure that I set up a little darkroom and I always used pinhole as the introduction to photography because it's a very good way of understanding that basically photography is about light and creating pictures with light and so for kids to see that and see this very primitive form of photography that they could actually build their own camera mm. you know they would just blew blew their minds because yeah, they've yeah. only ever used a, a phone or yeah yeah, yeah. so um i guess it's something that could be accessible to some yeah kids okay, it can well. be yeah i mean um well you need i mean you need the darkroom and um but then you can also bring in, you know, nowadays you can scan that, the the negative and then create kind mm. of better prints mm. from, so there's sort of ways of introducing technology to it. But mm. we used to, I, I made a camera out of a um, wheelie bin at school, at one of the dustbins, and we wheeled it off out of the school with, with my class and oh and they they thought that was hilarious, you I know. I love that. <laughs> That's the kind of thing they'll never forget. Yeah, it's crazy hopefully. It's photo photography yeah. teacher yeah, I was the wacky the art teacher, thing. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't really understand exactly how you can do that, but... Um, no, yeah. um, I'll have to show on you one day. Um, yeah, I haven't really got many of the kind of making the cameras, that side of it, but mm. you can see the images, you know, that I've produced with pinhole cameras mm. and um, and the liquid light, which, you know, um, have different qualities to them. And then... Another sort of thing happened when we were having renovations at home a year, probably a couple of years ago, and the builders were doing the roof, and there was this builder climbed up in our roof and um, found this old camera buried in the roof at home. And, you know, so I was like, well, I'm going to have to clean that up, and it's yeah. this old Yashica kind of roll, um, top uh, large format camera. Mm. So it's... Um, yeah, How and amazing. and clean like it. An old, an old yeah, How yeah. Old? Well, probably seventies, I think. Okay. Yeah, um, not not ancient, but um, but they yeah, clean that up, and I've I've had some really great days out, you know, using that. And it's again, I I mentioned it earlier, but using film really sort of slows you down and makes you more considered. So it's mm. it's almost a different experience than shooting with digital. Um, and for me, it's the whole that whole thing, like going out for a day and shooting. And I only get kind of eight exposures. I'm supposed to get more than that out of my Yashica, but for some reason, it it never I never get as many as I should do. But you get kind of again mistakes like double exposures and sort mm. of sometimes picks up weird things that even if it's dirt or something on the I don't mind all that. I mm. kind of and and it's the whole thing of going out with it for a whole day and. 
and really looking and really sort of slowing down mm. and enjoying the environment. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's one of the things you love about photography? It is definitely, yeah. Um yeah, I had a I had a kind of when I was at art school, I've got one very sort of clear memory of a day where we had this um drawing teacher actually, but they were probably one of the peop- few people at art school that I really connected with and and they kind of um untaught a lot of what I sort of thought I knew about drawing and it was like almost you know breaking down all the things that you're comfortable with and and but the main emphasis really was just looking and actually going out and looking at things properly and sort of taking the time to consider stuff and I remember just walking um, like walking along the south bank and sitting on the Thames and and not really producing much work and I was supposed to be doing a lot of drawing but just sitting and looking and it was yeah, I don't know why it was just one of them kind of moments of clarity where I was like, yeah, I've kind of always just been about trying to record a lot rather than actually just really considering mm. what it is I want to record, and you know, observing. Yeah, being a bit more considered mm. and for yeah, and it, the analog does that. So yeah, which is good. Sounds like it suits you. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't. I don't know what it is. Probably. I just love it. Yeah. And do you think you like that sort of right across your practice? Do you like that sort of thing, or is it different with your other parts of your practice? Um, yeah, it's funny. Like the the work I'm making now, um, I'm doing these a series of portraits of artists and creatives and stuff, and mm. um, that came off the back of the the COVID ones that I mentioned earlier. Which, um, but I've gone a quite a lot larger, so I'm working on a one. Uh, paper but I kind of work with lots of different media and I I by the end of kind of like a session my desk just covered in all different materials because mm. I'm just kind of grabbing things out of the box and and what are you, you know. using um so I'm using a lot of watercolor and water soluble pens which um I saw some work actually um yeah a lady an artist called Libby had exhibited some at Kumu Arts and these lovely big drawings of her garden and and I asked her and you know she'd use these water soluble pens and I and you know with a brush tip mm. so I'm using those but I'm also kind of using inks and um yeah just and it's quite loose because I'm working a bit bigger although there's a lot of detail in them mm. and do they there's, come from photographs yeah they do yeah so the photo again often for me things start with a photograph um, and the photograph of the person is very um, important part of the whole process because I you know I go to visit them in their studio or um, uh, I've only done saying that I've only sort of done three or four so far but um, I feel like I need to take the picture because eventually I'd like to include a lot of my my family which I've you know, as I've mentioned, a lot of them are artists. Like my brother makes sculpture, and my mum's a painter, and you know, my dad writes, and so, and so, some of them have kind of said, "Well, couldn't you, couldn't somebody else take the picture?" But for me, I need to be in control of that whole mm, thing, absolutely. and and the composition of it is almost as important, and and the experience of going to their to their studio and selecting what I want to show it's mm. like the details in the pieces and yeah. and um and the feeling that i get from you know i kind of the artist who i'm trying to portray affects the application mm. as well mm. so that that's something i mean i'm quite excited about this new project because um i think having as i said occasionally gone through periods where I, i'm not sure i feel a bit lost or like flat and i don't know what what work I want to make and I feel like I've really landed on a idea which is going to sustain me mm. for a long time and it's almost a relief like I can you know mm. I've got all these ideas of people that I want to yeah. and plus it comes back to all my connections that I've made through the art centre and all the mm. connections to different artists and things so I really like that aspect mm. of it. And I, why, why do you think you know capturing them in their studio appeals so much? Um I've always, I mean, I just, I look at, I, I've talked about this as well, but I, I look at details, like when I go into somebody's home, I'm I'm always, straight away, I look at the work on the wall or, you know, the things that they put in their fridge or the, 
the so if it's an artist you know what they choose to put up in terms of you know if it's just postcards or their inspiration wall or even like the tools and things that are lying around and I just find that really enriching for the whole image Mm. um tells a story you know like the pictures in the picture sort of thing definitely yeah that's interesting. So the one I'm doing at the moment is a portrait of my father-in-law who was a um, musician. He's been in quite a few famous bands and um, you can kind of see a selection of his guitars and you know his vinyl collection and a couple of the posters on the wall, which wouldn't mean a lot unless you kind of knew his history. But mm-hmm. So there's there's little personal aspects for me as well that connect me to that person, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a lovely record for your family to have those paintings yeah. in the end. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> like, I'd, I'd have to give them to the people in them, but yeah. I can't imagine anyone else wanting them. But, but anyway. they're the kind of things that would get passed down through the family, I imagine. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I like that. I like. I guess that's the connection to photography as well, is that you're capturing, you know, a moment in time. And um, and plus the composition, If you if you kind of look at things... In terms of photographs, you're also very considered about composition, but it goes both ways. Mm. But I yeah. guess that's the link. So, so yeah, in terms of the different areas of practice, and um, I wouldn't really say I was a painter. Like some people would look at them and call it illustration, even though they're on quite a large scale and you know using watercolor. But there is something quite illustrative about my work. Mm. Um, but yeah. I would say, I, I would call you a painter as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't... I'm not sure when you, <laughs> when you, you know, when the when the title changes. Yeah, exactly. What is it that makes it an, an illustrator's work or a painter's work? I know. Well, I don't even, you know, I don't know whether to refer to these as drawings or paintings, but I, you know, I've, I kind of said earlier, I don't need to really define mm. myself, which is a real... Um, bonus you know mm. it's um and that was the tricky part of my website it was like how much of this other stuff that i kind of do like i do a little bit of design work for over the years i've you know just done things for friends and um you know i, I so it's i just jump around a lot but i don't really mind that mm. I, I kind of I just have a lot of everything, and then and then, just depending on what I want to do at that time, it's all available, you know. And I can go in and out of photography, or I can I can come down here and draw, and mm. um, yeah, that's great. And um, I mean, is it something that you find it sort of comes and goes depending on what's going on in your life, or like when you're a child, do you find that you're always on a project? No, I'm not always, no, I've gone through periods where I'm not making anything for like a few months and then suddenly like I'll have an idea or something will happen like, you know, like the camera being found in the roof mm, or, or the something pandemic. sort of triggers me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as I said, yeah, the pa- yeah the pandemic um, and that was almost more of a coping mechanism really. Um, and I know a lot of people that couldn't do any work through that and were kind of really stuck and there was a kind of sense from some people like I should be because you know I know it makes sense but you can't always pick and choose when mm. you're in the mood and when you know and I, I think the important thing is not to push that and just go with it and if you do have a like a dry spell when you're not working then not to overthink it too much mm. because um, as I said I think you're always sort of storing stuff up and um, and even if you have to put your practice on on hold for quite a while because you have a baby or you know for whatever reason, then um, it's it's always there. You know you can always return to it, and um, yeah. And I think it's a really reassuring thing to have that in in mind in the back of your mind. Yeah, just trusting. Yeah. That it will come back. Yeah. At the right time. That's right. Yeah. It's just part of life sort of ebb and flow and yeah. Um not to overforce it really. Yeah. Yeah, it's good advice. So, um we're just kind of getting near to the end of the podcast, unbelievably. So, is there anything else about your practice or your process you'd like to talk about? 
Um, just trying to think about my the way I've broken the website up is is into sort of my main projects, I suppose. So um, I also do quite a bit of mixed media stuff, which crosses over the photography and the and the painting and drawing. So you know, I um, will take an image and then um, transfer it onto wood, or um, I I did a whole series and did an exhibition of called Transfer. Well, I got really into this, um, yeah, process of um, basically putting an image or a photograph onto different wood, and I I started to make kind of sculptural pieces on, you know, so I'd put my mm. photography onto found wood like driftwood, and um, and so they they started to become quite sculptural. Mm. Um, do you do that in the dark room? No, that's no, that's um, yeah, just another process really which is yeah um you Can use so someone else did um, you do it where did i i can't remember where i got that um i think i just looked it up i mean there's you mm. know so from much an, online from a negative um, onto wood no so from a color photocopy okay um and then you you can just use um something called mod podge which is like um people use it to kind of like a fixative kind of, um, oh, yeah, or yeah. like a PVA, you put it over collage, kind and, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you can just kind of apply that to the color photo and then you can transfer it onto, yeah, it's quite laborious. Um, I mean, some of these things, like you know, liquid light, for example, to apply that in a dark room, and then it's quite a laborious thing, it's you have to spend quite a lot of time drying it, and then you know. And and so some of those things I think are just part of that meditative thing mm-hmm. where you're just involved in something um, which is slow and kind of um, I'm just locked away in my darkroom and you know and it's just I don't know you just lose yourself in it and and so the process you know that's all as much a part of mm. yeah the practice mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, if people want to find out more about the interesting projects you've done, I know that you worked with Indian children, some children in India, um, uh, but we yeah, won't so go into that just yet because we're running out of time. Yeah, there's a there's a bit on that on the website. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, check in with the website. That's jagojagneal.com. And uh, yeah, I think there's lots of interesting things in there. So I recommend you guys go and have a look. And, um, yeah, just starting to um, finish off, I'd uh, love to know what's in the future for you, Jago. Oh. <laughs> it's a big one, isn't it? It is a big one. Um, I mean, at the moment, I'm, you know, I'm really happy with kind of where I am and um, there's still a lot I want to do at KMU, Um and just keep building on those kind of connections and I just feel like it's all going in a good direction and... Um, personally yeah i'd like to exhibit you know once i've made more of them these um this series of artists that i'm doing at the moment somewhere i don't know maybe with some other artists that Mm. do portraits or i don't know Mm. (laughs) um yeah sounds good and um just kind of going back a little bit i i kind of wanted to ask this question earlier but what what is it that really inspires you? Um, I mean, you've talked a lot about your personal responses and, and where you're at, you know, in your own head, but are there other influences outside that really inspire you and your work? It is really the environment, I think, um, all the time, and that's why New Zealand is just so, you know, kind of such an inspiration inspirational place for an artist or uh, I, I mentioned that earlier but yeah the, more and more I kind of you know my work's about nature or um, that's the inspiration but um, but yeah people as well and yeah I'm not I'm not sure it comes mm. it comes in all forms yeah and are, there, are there any particular artists who you love and Oh, there's, there's a lot, yeah. Yeah, there's so many. Um, Could you name two that have really had some influence? Um, I think when I was young, people like sort of M- MC Escher and, you know, people that drew. Um, and then 
Oh, that's really difficult. Um, or maybe, you know, that doesn't really have that yeah, much bearing like, on what you do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just so many, honestly, Dali and, you know, I loved, I've kind of got into surrealism at times and um, I've got into like Van Gogh, obviously, and the painters and impressionist painters. and um, But then I like quite, you know, contemporary work as well. And I like um, a lot of sort of design, designy, more kind of graphical stuff, mm. um, illustrative stuff. My granddad was a big influence. Um, his style of drawing, you know, I love. Um, so it's just, it, yeah, and, and not just art, you know, like just, I don't know, imagery and TV and films and cinematography mm. and mm. like, Lots yeah, music, yeah. yeah. It's It can be like, you know, I mentioned this sort of the curse <laughs> um, it can be kind of overwhelming. Like, yeah, I I got really hooked on Pinterest at one point, and I had to stop myself looking at it in the evening because if I kind of go there, especially before trying to sleep, mm. I just can't can't switch my brain off. You know that that's the challenge for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, which is a good thing. It's a good problem to have, I think. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, I know. I just love it. You yeah. just can't sleep. <laughs> yeah. So it's a constant kind of battle of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. And our last question, what advice do you have for people starting out on their creative journey? Um, I think just to show stuff, like to show other people, because I know that for me, like for a long time, I drew endlessly. And like I said, I had tons and tons of sketchbooks and journals and things that were just under the bed or in a drawer. And the only people I knew I was doing that with family and um, and that, you know, their opinion's great, but it's not the same as people that don't know you. And um, so just to sort of get involved with other artists, whether it's for a gallery or, you know, put a couple of pieces on the wall and just get a bit of feedback and gradually, you know, I think that that gives you confidence and it's being connected to other artists you know just so you can have them conversations that with people that really get it and and find the support that you need mm -hmm. um it, it can feel like an isolating thing if you don't do that and yeah i think you need you need encouragement and not not in the sense of sales or like you know recognition fame. from yeah fame mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's about that at all i think it's just yeah feeling um connected and sort of like other people get it mm, acknowledged yeah yeah great advice oh well jago um i'd like to thank you very much for coming to talk to me and um, it's been a real pleasure you know you are a very modest humble guy and um you know i've known you for a few years and we've been friends and i really didn't know all that much about your practice um so, you know, to look at your website and to see the amazing things that you've done and um, to hear about your sort of insightful views on life and, and your practice and process has been um, really interesting and, and I've loved talking to you. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for being so real and honest and um, going to those quite difficult places. Yeah, well, thank you. I think that's what's so great about what you're doing, Mandy, is, you know, these conversations are important for artists to yeah to talk to each other and um just feel like yeah we're all connected and we're all mm. you know we all share similar struggles and you know but also the passion for it that you're bringing is great so mm. thank you thank you